The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on Voice America Variety. Nice to have you all on the show this morning with my co-host, Lauren Deller and Catherine Zox. Lauren, how are you this morning? How I'm doing well, Catherine. I feel good. I'm back to my um, desk, which, you know, I have to say, I used to, I think we all love to be on vacation, but I really love to be home. <laughs> I really like the routine. I do, too. I, you, I, I feel like sometimes a vacation, I've had enough to eat, I've had enough to drink, I just want to get back to my routine. Uh-huh. And the, and. It's kind of disconcerting not to be on a routine. I think that's what I like. What about you? Well, you want to get back to... I'm happy to be home. It feels good to be home. It's nice to have my routine back. So I and I always, I always know that my new thing is that who needs a vacation, we should make every day a vacation. That's my new mentality. Well, I do that. <laughs> I think I'm perfect. Let's I do a whole show on just that topic. <sighs> my boyfriend always, Barry, always says, you think you're perfect. You think you always do things right. <laughs> is he right? I don't know. I have that kind of an attitude. I have a book for you to read. I just finished it. Did I tell you about it last week? Because I've been reading about it for three weeks. But Barbara Walters' book, her new book, it's a New York Times bestseller, uh-huh. and it's called Audition. And she, her book is it's about 600 pages. So it's a good book to read in the summertime. It's an easy read. It starts from when she was born, literally, a little girl up until now, and I think she's 80 years old. What, is she 80? Yeah, she's 80. She was born in 1929. Oh, my God, she's amazing. She, yeah, and it, the book is all about her life. I mean, she's very candid about the men she's been with, her affairs, her husband, her estranged, or not estranged, but she had a real rocky relationship with her daughter when she was a teenager. And she writes about all these people that she's come in contact with. Lauren, she's been and talked and interviewed everyone from... Anwar Sadat to Richard Nixon to Monica Lewinsky. To There's probably no one she hasn't, really. There is there anybody that she still wishes she wants, you know, has interviewed? I, I don't think there is anybody. Isn't I think that great? Not at great. all. She's done everybody. And her vacations, listen, the kinds of vacations that she takes uh, in the Caribbean with Judge Judy and... Oh, really? Cindy Adams, the gossip She's columnist. friends with Judge Judy. That's so funny. Yeah, well, Judge Judy is a little younger than she, I think, uh-huh. Her late sixties, but those are her friends. Every day for her, we talk about interesting and doing fun things. Whether you're working and stuff, that's what she does. I just I loved her book. Um, so anyway, I recommend that book. And here's another one, Lauren. What's your body telling you? This is a new book, Steve Siskold. I don't know if you've heard of him, but listening to your body signals because you're into this. I know you are. I definitely am. Listening to your body signals to stop anxiety, erase self doubt, and achieve true wellness. He talks about you have, and this book is number one on Amazon.com, but he talks about what we are taught when we are younger not to listen to our bodies. 
when you're a kid and you say, oh, Ma, I'm freezing, I'm cold. No, you're not, honey. Just put on your sweater. Or I agree with that. I do agree that we teach kids not to listen to their bodies. I have a big pet peeve around when someone gets hurt or they fall and someone says, oh, you're okay, you're okay. That's because how do you know they're okay? And if they don't feel okay and it hurts, it hurts. But it doesn't hurt. I'll make it better. So, yeah, we're taught not to listen to our bodies. And he says, and he has this step-by-step guide that he says will teach you how to raise your BQ, your body awareness. Our, I love that. Yeah. Our cultures focus on IQ and, you know, how high is your IQ? Exactly. Cognitive stuff, how well do you do in school, all that kind of business. But he says pay attention to your BQ and you'll be able to not have these knee-jerk responses as you get older to different situations. Listen to your body, breathe. Uh, in the book, you learn to breathe into your emotions, release stress from your body, maintain your physical and emotional health. And he says that your career, personal relationships, and financial situations will become easier and more enjoyable. Couldn't agree more. It's, he's a body-centered therapist. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard that. Because so, I'm perfect, too. <laughs> <laughs> It's great to have two perfect ladies. I'm only joking. I just, I have heard that. I'm all into this. You know the whole thing about, I'm I'm just more into it. And, yeah, I'm so less mainstream these days than ever. You are. You're getting more left of center. I am. You and Sarah Palin. (laughs) I think she's going more right on us. No, she calls herself a centrist who is to the right of center. Well, I agree with that. Well, she's way to the right of center. I would not call her centrist. I would call her a right wing, but I don't want to get into her. But uh, so you're becoming more lefty. The more, the more, the older I get, the more I am. It's so true. Why do you think that is? Well, or what are you doing? I just—it's who I pay attention to. I think, and I think you can get swayed by those perspectives. But I don't think there's anything the matter with it. I think is also as we get older, we get more confident in our real thoughts, so we are able to speak them. And we don't get so caught up in this is the way things are, should be, it could be, the shoulds, we get less away from the shoulds and we're yep. more willing to... And less worried about what people think. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, so anyway, so you're getting, I'm very left of center. Um, and I love that because of your age. I think a lot of people your age are so not. And why is that? We're baby boomers. We were in the 60s. We changed everything. That and what is happened? true. Maybe there's more people than I know or they just are not as vocal like you. Your mother is. Your mother is My very mother definitely is. Left. My mother's probably more left than you. Okay, so that's <laughs> significant people in your life, and we're, a, 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 I'm, not, I, I'm stuttering. But how about your friends? How about your friends? Oh, my friends are all left. I mean, I, I can't, you know, I can't, and I probably shouldn't say this, I have, as I get older, I have more difficulty being with people who are really right of center. I have less tolerance. Less tolerance. I have less tolerance. I mean, you can one can believe what they want to believe, but I don't necessarily want to be around them that much. Life is, you know, time. Well, it's interesting. That I have a couple of friends who shall, rena- who shall remain nameless that are very more right than I ever knew, but I never knew it because we never got into these conversations because we always talked about work. But when you, okay, so when you were focused on one works, that that was okay, that's fine, because you have the similar goal as if you're working with someone. Yeah, and like you that. never really know about their political and uh, political views or feelings on other things other than work. It's really interesting, so I've been thinking about that lately. So what do you do about it? 
Well, it depends. You, I think you just continue to have like the same kinds of conversations where it's safe and then don't go to the other places. It's interesting. So then you always have to be aware of what you're saying. I mean, if it has to do with work, that's fine because you've got it. Like I said, you've got a goal. You're in business. You want to make money. So do they, whatever it is. But then socially, I don't want to hang around with people who aren't. And now for what purpose? Because I always, this is an interesting conversation because I always think that if you always hang around people that are just like you, you're preaching to the choir. So if you hang around with like a mixed crowd, and not that I go out of my way to purposely hang around with a mixed crowd all the time, but I'm always like, I can have more impact in a, in a world that is mixed. But when you say mixed, what kind of mix? My mixed crowds include gay people, straight people, black people, white people, old people, young people. Well, that's true. That's, that, I, that's one kind of mixed. It also could be mixed from a political standpoint. That I find more difficult. So you hang around with... Well, I don't intentionally. I realize over the years I have. It's very interesting. I was just thinking about this yesterday. Funny we're talking about it. Well, see, I know. I can feel it. I, I hear you. I know <laughs> we're thinking about it because I am that person. Because you're so person. in tune. I am so in tuned. I am just so in tuned. I don't know. If, you're right. You, there's a point where you want to make an impact, and I think you do. I think I do, too. Both of us have that ability to engage people and to have them listen to us, even if it's, they don't agree with us. But how much time? Maybe it's just a question of how much time do you spend with them? Because, like, does do you? I would. I could be wrong, but you and Barry tend to be on similar pages when it comes to political topics. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's interesting. It, so when you're not, like, I do find myself getting really frustrated with people that when we're not on the same page because it feels like there's no hearing each other. And my, I'm to blame too. I don't hear. I don't hear either. Like, I get I tune it out. Nope, that's just not the way it is. I'm that way. I think with Barry, he's changed over the years. Now, he, I think, was more um, politically conservative when he was in business. He's changed. He's focusing his work now on his photography so that he gets engaged in a lot of... So do you think people really change? Well, I think from a political... As you just said, as you get older, you've changed. You're more... Well, yes, but I'm going down the same path. I'm not, like, going from... I'm not... I didn't switch camps. I don't think he switched camps. No, he's always had that edginess to him, and he's always had that kind of, you know, liking to do things left over the edge, that kind of stuff. I don't know. We're not... I'm being specific, which always bothers me, but um, maybe politically... He was more conservative when he was in business. Yeah, but I think that's typical. And younger, I do think the younger we are, the more the more conservative we are. I do think I think it's just a safer way. And yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and that's a generalization. But I think in his in his person, in terms of what he likes to do and the risks he likes to take and the stuff he wants to have, you know, to include in his life, that's more like open. And that's how I am. I mean, I, I so. But I've always politically been very left of center. I've had to be, or you wouldn't be in the position you are now. Absolutely, it's true. But I also think it depends on, like, your parents, uh, how you were raised, and your parents. I do think definitely your parents' political perspectives influence your perspectives. There's very few people, I believe, that were raised in one camp and then switch. My parents were Republicans. 
Really? My, my father was a Republican, but a moderate Republican, and he was not a Republican like the Republicans are today. And we yeah, talked it's about different. that. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it a my father talks about that too. It's very yeah, different than it was. It was. Not a, exactly. It was not a right wing religious kind of thing. It was a, and I keep using like a Rockefeller Republican. People were maybe conservatively, were conservative in terms of fiscal issues, but when it came to social issues, they weren't. They were very much inclusive. I mean, my father was the president of the Board of Trustees. He was a lawyer of the Maine Maritime Academy. Uh, he's dead now. I hope he's listening to me somehow. But <laughs> he was the first to a, to record, to actually get women in the academy. Wow. Yeah. Good for your father. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. So that was a good thing. 30 seconds left to go. So we're going to take a short break. Lauren Beller and Catherine Zock on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Coming up, Kim Barnuian, author, co-creator of Skinny Bitches. I can't wait to hear this. New York Times bestseller. We'll be back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty says just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is Life, Life is Dance, broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Good morning. Welcome back to the Catherine Sox Show. I'm Catherine Sox. I'm your social worker with a microphone with Lauren Beller, my co-host. And now joining us is New York Times best-selling author, and this is her best-selling diet book, Skinny Bitch. She's written other books, but this is, and you can go to her website, skinnybitch.net. Kim Barnwin. She's a former model. She's been on the show before. 
holds a master's degree in uh, master's of science degree in holistic nutrition, working on her PhD. She co-authored this book with Rory Friedman, um, and they've also written Skinny Bitch in the Kitch, Skinny Bitch Bun in the Oven, and now they've got this journal Skinny Bitchin. So this is the summertime. Want to look fabulous at the pool this summer? I don't know if it's too late because it's already the middle of the summer, but uh, Kim says use your head, lose your ass. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, okay, Kim, now you are, I, you know, when we were talking uh, briefly before we got on the air, I said, uh, you're a skinny bitch. You said, well, you're skinny, but not a bitch. But, so, <laughs> how'd you get to write these books, Skinny Bitches? I mean, I understand that uh, in, in the, not maybe not that long ago, uh, you actually were a high school dropout, and now you're a New, that, uh, New York Times best-selling author. I know, and that should... So, you know, show the women out there that uh, just keep reaching for the stars because you never know how your life is going to change and what you're going to get into. But um, I, I got into health sort of accidentally. I was really unhealthy myself. I had a lot of anxiety, suffering from depression. I had um, no energy. I was in a brain fog. I just could not figure out what was wrong with me. So I started researching, and I thought, maybe I have food allergies. So I don't know. I just discovered nutrition sort of accidentally I changed my diet, my life changed, I felt so much better and I thought, this is it, this is what I'm going to do, I want to study nutrition, I want to help other people that are suffering from health issues and I want them to know how food can really greatly impact their health. So, you know, studied nutrition and got on board with Rory and I just kept saying, you know, there's there's something that we can do and I, I don't know how it's going to come about, but we need to help promote health in this country because there's you know, so much, so many diseases, so many people are suffering from obesity and heart disease and cancer. And you know, but Kim, I think it's getting. I think I'm going to stop you because I think it's getting worse. And you're right. It is. It's not just about being skinny. It's about being healthy. And you do talk about. I mean, eating well is also. It's heal. You heal yourself if you eat well. It has a eating well has a healing quality. But I am in my studio on Cape Cod. Massachusetts, literally almost on the beach, and I'm sitting here looking at people on the beach. I look at them in the restaurants. They're huge. They're obese. The problem seems to be getting worse. We're eating more salt and fat and sugar than ever before. I mean, is that your experience when you talk to people and you're out there? Absolutely, and it is getting worse, and now it's getting to where um, our kids are getting diabetes and they're getting obese so much faster. I mean, this is just something that we haven't seen before, these rates, getting to kids so young. So it's so disturbing. Um, and, you know, Europeans come here and they say, what is going on with you Americans? So it's our diet, people. Yeah. We need to just so, You know, I, I just had that experience. We are sitting in, in this uh, the house or the, the, the place next door to where I'm renting this summer. There are two, men, two gay men who, uh, I mean, they have... Have a, I mean, they're in the best shape, and they were remarking. That's exactly what they said. They they they're looking around, and and they said, "Look at these. The women here are so obese." Yeah, um, and that know. represents a, a a large part of of the country. Yeah. So okay. So what do we do about it? I mean, you're in the foray, I guess you would call it. Um, you're writing these books. You're helping people. What's the premise? How do you get people to 
you don't want to use the word diet. We use the word that has depri- you know, deprivation, that nobody wants to be deprived. So where do we go from here? How do we get skinny or how do we get thin or how do we heal ourselves? Well, I think the first step is is just to have that desire to want to and then to realize that it's a lifestyle and it isn't, you know, it isn't a diet and it's not a quick fix. It should be something that you you incorporate into your into your life every day for the rest of your life. And it's about making better food choices. You know, are you eating a high-fat um, diet? Are you eating enough fruits and vegetables? You know, making little things, choices like incorporating more fiber in your diet. Fiber is a really, a really big thing that I think we're lacking in this country, and people are really go, going for the, you know, nice, pretty, fluffy white bread and the white rice and get something that's, that's more fiber-dense, like brown rice and whole-grain breads, eating things that are actually going to clean you uh, out from the inside out. Um, and, and exercise. People, you know, you have to pay attention. What are you putting in your body and how much are you actually um, burning off? So even if it's walking around the block uh, with your dog or with your kids or just a few minutes with a friend, it's just making little choices that can really go far. And it's um, looking at labels. We talk about that a lot in the book is if there's a whole huge list of things on a, on a label and you don't even know how to pronounce any of them, do you really, really need that in your body? I think if there's more than more than three, I go by. I say if there's more than you know, if there's if there's more than three words that describe whatever the product is, put it down. Don't eat it. But I have to tell you, I eat really. I eat as you write about in your book. At least I try to. And Lauren, you do. Lauren's very thin. But I'll tell you, last night I had. What do you do when you kind of go off? What is it? Off the wagon. I mean, I was so I had had I've been eating vegetables and fish, and I do all that. Last night I ate a bag of potato chips and a half, and and white wine, and went to bed. Now is that bad or what? But I had this salt thing. I really hadn't. <laughs> no, that's the thing is it's not. And I and I think that if we say I'm going to be good forever and I'm never going to eat any of the bad stuff, that's just setting yourself up for failure, and that's not fun because we you know people still want to enjoy their life, and when I Go through that time of the month. I grab the bag of potato chips too, and I have cookies. And, but there's, um, this is Lauren. There's, there are some on a daily potato basis chips. So it's three about having a good foundation. That when you are having the bag of chips, obviously, you know, a nice handful would be better than a bag. But it's going to happen, and that's life, and that's okay. But make a good foundation on a daily basis so that it isn't a big deal when you do fall off the wagon, and just try to find products that are going to be just a little bit healthier for you. Like they have those those really great vegetable chips, and um, they have baked chips instead of you know deep frying. So there's better alternatives, and you know again it goes back to exercise too. We can't be couch potatoes and expect to be fit and healthy. All right, so don't set yourself up, Lauren. What were you going to say? Because I think that foundation thing is really important. If you have a solid foundation, you can have that bag of chips every once in a while, or you can go off the wagon. So, but Lauren, you were trying to say something when Kim was talking. Yeah, Kim, and you sort of hit on it after I um, so rudely interrupted you. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> um, I do think that there's really, I mean, for junk food, there's some really healthy alternatives that taste just as good. And you, you can open, look on the shelves. There's bags of potato chips with three ingredients in it. Or sometimes exactly. too, I've seen potatoes and salt. Right, and that's exactly right. Why? I mean, I don't want to deprive myself of of foods that are that are fun either. It's, it's and it's just not doable. So I think if you just make better choices and know that there's things out there that are they taste just as good and they're just not as bad for you. Kim, you say that a skinny bitch, and I don't know if we defined it, 
is really not a skinny bitch, somebody who's just a, a bitch and who's skinny, but it's more than that. There's, there's, there's more to being a skinny bitch. So when, what's the definition of that in your book? For us, it's, you know, we, we, when you're, sell, <clears throat> sorry, when you're selling um, a, you know, a health diet book and you're talking about things like this, you just need to find a way to get people's attention. You, you want the book to get in people's hands because we're so proud of the information and we think we need to do our part, but a lot of these books are boring and people don't remember the information. It's marketing because we know what women want. They want to be able to say, wait, I want to be skinny. So it's a, you know, it's a cheap provocative title to get people to read the good information in there, but it's basically we just want women to be healthy and happy and love their body for whatever size because we're not all, as we were talking about, one size fits all. We're not. Some people were just not meant to be size four, and that's okay. We don't need to be size four. Be whatever your body feels comfortable. And if you're walking up a flight of stairs and you're not about to pass out, you're doing pretty good. If you look in the mirror and you're like, you know, i got it going on, that's what's important. So well, you, be a, you don't necessarily have to be a size four, Kim, but, and we're talking to Kim Barnwin, she's author of Skinny Bitch, um, Skinny Bitches, um, but you also don't want to be a size 40. I mean, there's a balance. Exactly. Like said. You have to be aware. You know, you can't think, well, I'm not a size 4, so I can be a size 40, but you're walking up those steps and you can't breathe. That's exactly. not good. Maybe you're a 14. You know, there's some balance there because some people exactly. use that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that it is important, too, for women to know. And I, and it's also, you know, working with um, their healthcare professionals, too, to know what a good, comfortable range is for them because, I mean, even when I gained weight when I was pregnant, I felt, I mean, I felt that extra weight. And that, I was just thinking, I mean, imagine what it's like to be obese. That cannot be fun to lug around that much weight. Not only what is it doing to your joints, um, your back, your legs, it's, I mean, that must be horrible to feel that way. So definitely, you know, there are, there are uh, extremes to that. So it should be, you know, in, an, in, a, health, in a healthy range, but not in an unrealistic range. Now, we've been talking about women, and I know that you, you've, so far um, most of your books have focused on women, I think, but you have a book, and I do, it's not out yet. Is it Skinny Bastards? Because you're going to deal with this issue as related to the big book. It did come out a couple months ago. Oh, it did? Okay, I want to talk about that um, because I like that title, too. That's a great, even though you say it's a come on, it, it is a good one. It's a great marketing tool because that is the first, I go to those, you know, when I go to the bookstore, I don't know about you, Lauren, I go right to the self-help books. And if I, I do, too. Yeah. I can't help myself. <laughs> so I, I don't want something that says nutrition and good for yourself. But if right. I, no, no one does. <laughs> yeah, who does? Skinny bitch, skinny bastard. That's the one I'm going to pick up and start reading, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we got a couple minutes left, but when we come back after the break, I do want to start talking about, you know, skinny bastards because Men are starting to look like women. They have these big breasts and big stomachs and big hips, especially middle-aged men. And I'm not talking about 60-year-old middle-aged men. I'm talking about 40-year-old middle-aged men. That's very true. Yeah, and that's not healthy. And you talk about heart disease and all the stuff that you can get from being overweight. But uh, it's it's really becoming just as, I guess, bigger problem with men than it, as it is with women. We're talking to Kim Barnwin and Lauren Beller and Catherine Zox. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Kim is the author of Skinny Bitches, and, skinny, and she's also now has a new book, which came out two months ago, 
skinny bastard. So we're talking about fat ladies, not just fat ladies, but fat men. Um, and uh, it's real important to enjoy food, eat well, says Kim, and love your body as a result. We'll be back in a minute. Don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Is it really true that nearly half of all marriages end in divorce? Get the answers to this and other questions about relationships on Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak. The program's devoted to marriage, divorce, midlife dating, and men-women relationships in general. Jim and his guest experts will have plenty of information, insights, and advice for you, all as part of a lively and wide-ranging discussion about today's relationships. You can listen Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, for Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak on Voice America. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice. America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you would like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll free number is 866 472 5788. That number again is 866 472 5788. Back. Thanks for joining us this morning. I hope you're having a good time. I always have a good time on my show. <laughs> on our show, Lauren Beller, my co host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. It's the Catherine Zox Show, and we're on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. We have been talking to Kim Barnwin. She's author of Skinny Bitches, right, Lauren? And now she has a new book. Well, it's been out for two months called Skinny Bastards. We're not going to let those bastards get away with it. <laughs> They're just as fat as we are. But anyway, Kim's calling us back because she had kind of a bad phone line, so we're going to see if we can get her on a better line, right? Uh, but it's true what we were saying, you know, before we took the break, Lauren. Men are young men, men in their 30s and 40s. They've got the same problem. It is exactly true, but I think that the point that um, hasn't been said yet that I just, you know me, I'm all about responsibility, that we can't 
believe that everything on those grocery store shelves are okay to eat, that everything is okay to eat. We have to be totally responsible for what we put in our own bodies. Yeah, we do. All of us do. Kim's back on, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's a really good point is that we do need to take responsibility. And, yeah, you know what? People are going to make crap and they're going to continue to make crap. And it's it's, it's up to us to decide uh, how we're going to live our life and if we're going to decide to reach for the crap all the time every day and live that way, or are we going to, you know, stand up and say, I don't want to be like this anymore. I need some changes. Let, let's see what's better out there for me. So who do you think, Kim? Like, who isn't able to make those changes? Is it because some people are less educated? They don't know. They don't have the information. I don't think that's true. I mean, look at somebody like Oprah. She struggles with her weight every day, and she's really open about it. You know, she lost 30 or 40 pounds, then she puts it back on. I mean, she has access to any kind of weight loss program, or she's... And she knows that she knows about responsibility, too. Yeah, so what is it? It's real... It's, it's, I think it's, you know, you say you have to look at the labels, and you it's your choice. You have to pick them out, you know, in the grocery store, but it's it's sort of like if you have an alcoholism problem and you have to go to the liquor store every day, it's a setup in a way. I mean, don't we have to also get some of these food the industry in on this to stop making this chemical, bad, salt, sugar, fat stuff that we have. You know, absolutely. And, and, you know, and that is a really good part of it. And I think, you know, having the, the topic of Oprah and her weight struggles is, it is a, I mean, she is an example that you can sort of, she can find out anything she wants to find out about. But I think, you know, maybe in the bigger picture of things, um, there's probably some people, you know, there are, alcoholics, there's, there's drug addicts, you know, I, I think people use food as just another vice. And I think that you don't really think, oh, oh well, I'm not an alcoholic, but you could be, you know, you have food issues. You could have, uh, you know, you sort of, women always have that, um, you could be a shopaholic. You could, there's so many things. So I think it could be, you've got so much emotional um, put into, into the, the diet as well and why you're eating so much. Why are you gaining weight? Why is it that you don't, um, you know, want to take better care of yourself? There's so many number of things that uh, could play into it as well that um, play on the emotional side as well. How can you, Kim, and I don't know if, Lauren, this is a problem with you. This is a problem with me. This is definitely a problem that I have. I maintain my weight, uh, but at the same time, I'm obsessed with food. I mean, there are people who are... Very few people who are not obsessed with it, even if you're thin. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, I'm always thinking about it. I don't want to always be thinking about, well, I can eat this or I can't eat that or whatever it is, but I I do. And that's one thing, that kind of food obsession, even if you're thin. How do we get away from that or can't we? I don't. It's a a really good point, and I am too, Um, and especially now that I know that I have to read labels. But for me, I think just... You know, I've been doing it for for so long now that I just try to keep myself um, really prepared. Um, I have great cookbooks. I have great recipes. I have great grocery stores near me. I just keep food on me. I'm just trying to always make myself as prepared as possible with good things and stocking my pantry, stocking my refrigerator, stocking my purse. I feel like if I can sort of put those things in control better, then I'm going to sort of you know, not be as tempted to, to jump on the the bad bandwagon, but I am I am absolutely obsessed. And when I'm when I'm done with one meal, then I'm already thinking, wow, what am I going to have for dinner? 
Yeah. I just think we need to be educated, prepared, and, you know, keep food really fun as well. Kim, what about the difference? Okay, now you've written this book, Skinny Bastards, which is... um, came out last month or two months ago. So what's the difference? Any difference between the patterns of eating between men and women? You know, and it's um, people are always kind of surprised, like, oh, you know, men care about their uh, waistline? Be surprised. That's why men make up the majority of the people in the in the gyms. They, men really do care about the way they look. Um, I think that when we, when we talked about specific issues for men, you know, prostate cancer and heart disease and stroke, a lot of a lot of men say, okay, when you put it to me that way, I sort of get it a little bit more. And once they've made the decision that they want to get healthy or change their diet, they're really amazing about saying, that's it, I'm done, I'm ready. And they, they just hit the ground running. So I think they can be, you know, initially trying to sort of give them some health information, like, oh, okay. But, you know, they want to know facts. And when they see... Um, especially what could happen to testosterone levels if they're gaining too much weight, that sort of gets them. Yeah, you know, that's a great... I want to bring that... That's a really good point, Kim, because I had heard that. Well, first of all, you say two things. Men are concerned about their health. They don't want to get prostate cancer. They're not as concerned about fitting into their bathing suit in the summer like women are. I mean, I think we're more concerned about what we look like in the bathing suit, and they're concerned about their health. And then another thing, they tackle the problem differently. They hit the ground running. Maybe they take it as more like they do in the work situation. Once they decide they're going to lose weight, then it becomes, I don't want to use the word obsession again, but they come very focused on how they're going to lose the weight, right? But I heard, and tell me if I'm wrong, and and Lauren, I don't know if you heard that they they say that a man who has a big stomach uh, has more, fat has estrogen. So if they have a big stomach, they have more estrogen, and they probably or suffer from erectile dysfunction. That if you have see a man with a huge stomach, that he's probably having a problem with erectile dysfunction. True or not true? You know, it's so funny. And I had just was we talked about this in the book, so I sort of you know fresh off having the the testosterone level too. But it is true about the estrogen levels. If um and you know it's it's from weight gain. If you have a lot of weight gain, it will decrease the testosterone, and it does increase your estrogen levels. So man boobs, big belly, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> erections. Hey, guys, that is a really good motivation to get that big belly fat off of you, yeah, and those boobs, but also the big stomach, right? Yeah, d- definitely. And, you know, testosterone, you know, you, you, it doesn't just have to be that, you know, meathead in the gym, but it's really important for men, you know, it's, maintains their muscle mass, their muscle mass and their sex drive and their sperm production, but also bone density. Um, it helps with fat distribution and the red blood cell production. So testosterone is very important. So And weight gain and not exercising are two things that are going to greatly affect testosterone levels. So if you want to be that strapping man for your lady or whatever, yeah, or keep those yeah. levels check. <laughs> Here's another one. This is the first time. And in history, probably, well, we have food available 24-7, at least in the United States and the Western European countries. And I think this is another issue, and talk to us about this, because this is the first time that people really, uh, as a culture, we end up eating all day long. I mean, before World War II, for instance, you didn't eat at work. Work was work. You didn't bring snacks to 
work. You didn't have donuts at work. You didn't eat in the car. You drove your car to get to where you wanted to go. So now we have this kind of cultural addiction and affliction, both, to food 24 hours a day. We put our kids in the car to take them to sports or activities or even when they're younger, and you bring a snack. They can't seem to get in the car and go to where they have to go without a snack or take a trip. You have to bring a snack along rather than just stop for dinner or breakfast or lunch if it's a long trip. So there's this expectation of kind of eating all day, which I don't think is a good thing. That is, you just hit the nail on the head. And it's so funny because my husband is French, and when he, that's a big thing that he talks about to me a lot, is when he came to this country, he was shocked that not only could, you know, was there a fast food place on every corner, but you ha- you were basically able to get, you know, a, any kind of food you wanted at midnight or two in the morning. And, and that's the problem is that, and he says too, you know, they eat their meals. Um, they don't do this huge snacking, you know, all day, every day that, that we do. And when his family comes to visit, they are sort of shaken aback by all the eating too. So that is a really big thing. And I, and I know for me that I do eat smaller meals more frequently, but it's not a constant, you know, and at a certain time at night, I'm finished, I'm done, I don't need to eat it at midnight. So it's true. I think we do have a an issue in our culture now that you can get anything you want at any hour, and that's when that's when it's really important, and I know Oprah talked about this too on her show, is trying to pick a time at night and say, okay, that's it, I'm done. I don't need to be eating late at night. Um I can I can wait until morning. It's going to be okay. But no, you know, and, and that's that is a really big part of um, the the weight issue we're having with our culture. Yeah, and and Kim, and our food isn't satisfying as we talked about earlier because it's often it's chemicals. It's not good for you. It's got all this stuff in it. Whereas French uh, food is it, it, it may be what we call fattening, but it's satisfying. So you eat the food and it tastes good and you drink the wine and it tastes good and you feel good. So you're satisfied and then you can just eat three meals a day. Um, and Exactly. Yeah, so it's a very different kind of situation. We have a couple minutes left. Let's um, be real specific about where we can buy the book, both Skinny Bitches and Skinny Bastards, and your website. I know you have a couple websites we can go to, so uh, why don't you mention those? So we have skinnybitch.net, and you can buy, um, excuse me, that's the... That's your other phone. <laughs> that's my other phone. Um, you can buy it on our website. Both books you can also buy on, on any major bookseller, um, Barnes & Noble, Borders, uh, Amazon. It's um, everywhere you go, airports, you can, you can get it anywhere. Terrific. Great having you on the show today. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was really fun. It. And lots of good information and lots of good books you've written. So but we'll be waiting for the next one. I don't know what else you could do after Skinny Bitches and Skinny Bastards. <laughs> keep up with the cookbooks. Yeah, keep up with the cookbooks, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, no, that's great. Anyway, great talking to you today. Thank you. Have yeah. a great day. We're going to take a short break right now. Catherine Sox, I'm your social worker with the microphone, the Catherine Sox Show with Lauren Beller Blake on Voice America Variety. We'll be back in a minute. Don't go away. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for total career success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Want to have behind-the-scenes access to some of the greatest minds of today? On Shift in Action, we feature leading-edge innovators who are building a more conscious, sustainable, and healthy culture. Host Stephen Dynan offers live shows with evolutionary leaders such as Deepak Chopra, Van Jones, and others who are creating new paradigms for conscious living. You can keep your finger on the pulse of the latest frontier work with our weekly transmission of inspired wisdom on Shift in Action, broadcast live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. You're listening to the Catherine Zock Show this morning. I hope you're still with us this morning on the West Coast, because I know it's early. But Lauren Deller-Blake, my co-host, it's VoiceAmericaVariety.com, and uh, we have uh, been talking to Kim Barnwin. Uh, she is the author of Skinny Bitches and Skinny Bastards, and it's all about weight and our weight problem, which is a problem not just for Americans, but a problem, and not just for women, but for men as well. So, Lauren, we have a major problem, and I think, you know, Kim touched on it. Um, food has to do with not just being skinny, but being healthy, both for men and for women. And we are not a healthy society with this overweight stuff. It, it, it's going to make, it, it's a major... Big deal. Big deal. It's, and, I always look at the big picture of the world. In other words, if if we have a vision as a country or if we have a vision as an individual, we have a responsibility to take care of ourselves in order to carry out that vision. And from a global standpoint, if we're not taking care of ourselves, what's that doing to our vision for our country, in turn our world? Well, what do you think about this? And People are not going to like what I have to say. I think I'm going to say it anyway. You know, our health, We are trying to revamp our health and our health insurance, right? Our health yeah, health care system. Health care system, right? Our health care system. And we pay enormous premiums um, for health insurance. What about if insurance companies actually made people who were overweight, who are significantly overweight, doctor what doctors consider overweight, you know, the, the medical overweight, not a, not skinny, not having a 
you know, having to wear a size 4 bathing suit, but, you know, pretty ample in the, the doctor's weight that they give you in the, you know, that they say that you can weigh for whatever your height is. Uh-huh. Um, and if you're over that, that has to be reported, and your insurance premiums are higher, so you, it's a penalty. And then if you stay within the normal range, you get a discount on your insurance. It's the, I, there's something about it, and at the same time, I do think that they need to provide education so that if they're in the non-normal range, they have educational programs to change it and educate themselves. Okay. I, but they're available. They're out there. I can't think of one community here in this country where you couldn't go and get information. But I do. I mean, I even know people that they know it. That it's like Oprah. You know, they do all the right things. Yet, and I don't know if she does all the right things, but she knows it. You know what I mean? She knows what she needs to do, and they still struggle with their weight. That's a given. That's true. So, like, they have thyroid issues or whatever. I know. No, if you have thyroid issues, you can take thyroid medication. Thyroid medication works. It's, it's, it's something that I Millions of Americans take. Them. I do agree with you. I'm very. I mean, I totally hear the. It's about responsibility, and it will cost more because they're going. Obviously, they're, they're, people will be more sick over time. So, what do you think? Do you think that's a good idea? I do. I. I do. I. But I do think that there needs to be. I don't think they need to provide the programs. I need to think. I think they need to provide access to a list of people that could help them. And there are. Tons of places to go, online, offline, local, global. You you can go to your local Y. I could probably right now list you ten places to go if you don't have the information. I could do the same. I agree with you. Yeah, or if you don't have a computer. I mean, the information is there. Okay, so you have, yes, it's the responsibility of the healthcare provider or the insurance uh, provider to give you the information of where to go to get the information. So we get I agree with that. I do agree with that. I mean, that might generate millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in, in health care resources. I don't know. And it would get people to kind of take a look at what they're doing, too, to make them be more aware of, hey, is this how I eat? Is this what I'm doing? I think it, you talk about, because you always bring up the word responsibility, and I think that's the key. It would help to make people more responsible. I agree with that. It's, and I think that there's places, it's not just around food. There's so many other places to encourage responsibility. And I, that's, I'd love to see us do that across the board. I mean, think about a family where everybody in the family is overweight and they're all, you know, paying for health insurance. Wouldn't that make them more aware of, maybe we need to be more aware of what we're doing and taking responsibility for how we eat and the way in which we use our health care system. And if we're not doing it in the right way, then we get penalized for it. Couldn't we do the same thing around um, what's the you know, unemployment? The same thing. I always think that's true when people don't have a job and how they get creative and within the legal system to create and generate money for themselves and be create value in the world. So I, I go there next. <laughs> get that. Let's have a topic on. Let's talk about that next week. All right, you're going right into job situations. I'm. I'm I don't, I don't know about that one. That's a little bit different, though. It's not because we all have value to put into the world that we can generate income for, whether it's cleaning up a, you know, litter or if it's, you know, helping. I don't, there's always something we could do. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. But that also, there are other things. Let's say that you've had a job, uh, especially in this economy, and you've been manager of a company and you lose your job, a $70,000 a year job. That's going to affect through no fault of your own, 
your lifestyle, your family. But you still can go. I mean, some people just go on unemployment and they use the system. Yeah, well, that's not good. And yes, maybe they can get a job as a as you know taking walking a dog or there are exactly. jobs available. Yeah, exactly. And they, yeah, okay. They should do that, but it still doesn't help their overall problem. That's that's a little bit different. We eating food, eating eating overeating, eating too much excess is something that we can stop. It's not that we don't, you know, it's much more difficult if there isn't something available to you and there you don't have, if there isn't enough food, that's one thing. But if Well, the other interesting thing is a lot of people, and I make this up, I mean, if you're overweight, you're also spending a lot of money on food. So you also could be saving a lot of money. And the excuse is that I can't eat well because it's too expensive. And that's another one of the excuses that people who are overweight and buying processed food always talk about, which is absolutely not true. <laughs> it's true. Well, it does cost more. If I'm going to buy an organic apple versus a non-organic apple, the organic apple is going to cost more. But it doesn't mean that you can't eat apples. Yeah. What about just an apple? You can go and buy an apple. Right. You can go to these big food stores like Walmart or the other ones buy big chunks of cheese and bags of apples and, you know, processed food is very expensive and you don't get very much of it. I mean, it's all that gooky, gucky stuff and you buy it in little packages and it's really expensive. I agree with that. It's much more expensive when it's packaged. And so, you know, buy buy in bulk and package yourself. You know, there's so many ways to save money when you shop. And again, I spend a lot of money on food. So, I mean, I'm not the right one to speak to about saving money on food, but I also, we eat well and, you know, we're home 24-7. Two of us out of three are home 24-7. Yeah, I eat well and I spend money on food too, but that's not the, and that's not what we're talking about. I've been eating lobsters, actually. <laughs> but they're cheap here, the lobsters. The lobsters are cheap where you are. Yeah, lobsters are six-something a pound. That's crazy. I can't even get lobsters here. Yeah, so it's not that's not one of the most expensive things here, and Cape Cod fish is delicious, and that's not very expensive. So, I mean, we're on the water, right, literally, so that does make a difference. Okay, you always like to have a message at the end of the show that we need to round it up. What have we learned? Because we've got two minutes left, so I'm going to let you, you I My thing is, is that if you're not happy with some aspect of your life, whatever it is, take full responsibility for it. If it's health, take full responsibility for it, and look in the mirror and ask, what are you not taking? What's your part in it so that you can... Do a better job. Make good choices. It's up to you. Uh-huh. Good one. I like that. <laughs> it's all about choices. It really is all about choices, and we do have a lot of choices. And I, I think that we have to, responsibility, choices, real important, Whether you, like you say, whether it's food, whether it's job, and even in this economy we have choices. Lots of people, choices. Yeah, people are getting into the fact, well, it's a bad economy. What can I do? I don't have any choices. I, don't, my, I lost my job. Uh, you know, hey, Step back a minute. You do have choices. We have 30 seconds left. We don't have a choice. We have to get off the air. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Catherine Zox with Lauren Beller-Blake on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. I've had a good time. Did you have a good time? Of course. I always do. Yeah, me too, as long as I can talk. Anyway, have a great week, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. You have a great week too, Catherine. Yeah.
hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 